During the 21st century, uh, the most popular film and entertainment styles have actually been superhero, along the superhero genre, haven't they? So uh, if, you, if you look at these films, uh, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Assemble, Avengers Age of Ultron, they've all been in the top ten grossing films this century. Amazing, isn't it? And uh, Black Panther's just outside, and there's a Star Wars in there somewhere uh, as well. So it would appear that the story of superheroes with some form of superhuman power uh, who fight to save the ordinary people from evil is an enduring story. Because it's a powerful storyline, isn't it? you think about it, we love, to, we love to feel that we're going to be rescued as a human race. We love to watch the adventures of our favourite superheroes. Mine actually is Iron Man, for some reason. I don't know why. It used to be, when I was younger, Superman. Although, if I'm honest, I think that was probably more to do with the actor that paid Lois Lane. But never mind. Um, <laughs> And actually, Thor has always really just irritated me. So, um, we've all got a, 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 well, we haven't all, but many of us have got a, a favourite superhero. And a superhero with, with extraordinary powers dedicating to protecting the public from a terrible fate that they are helpless to do anything about, but they need this superhero. And in fact, the reality is that this isn't just a modern-day th- phenomenon. It's not just a kind of 20th century American comic or, or 20th, 21st century uh, film genre that's been going on. Have a look, listen to the reminder of some of these characters from, from hundreds, thousands of years past. St. George and the Dragon, uh, King Arthur, Beowulf. They've, they've, they've been... Been, 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 been going forever, these guys. Um, but the thing we know, of course, is that they are all just made-up fiction. They don't exist. Uh, nor do they have any real superpowers, because they're just made up, so they can't have. They cannot, therefore, rescue the world. But I was just reflecting back since the time that my grandmother was born. My grandma was born at the beginning of the 20th century. So only, uh, you know, one generation... Well, you know, my grandmother. Um, You can count yourselves, I suppose. Um, (laughs) Since that time, human beings have essential around that time. Human beings have learned to communicate and travel around the globe really quickly. Uh, They've learnt how to cure many diseases. They've learnt how to feed the world's population. They've learnt how to live peacefully, free from oppression. So that's what they've learnt. In the last century and a quarter, how's that panned out? Well... The two biggest wars the world has ever known led to global peace movements like the United Nations. And more wars and even more terrifying weapons with which to execute them. Uh, It's led to the discovery, oh sorry, the discovery of antibiotics, antivirals, has led to 
Well, superbugs that we can't control so easily, and a worldwide pandemic that some would say started from a leak in a laboratory somewhere. The knowledge of intensive farming techniques, cheaper energy, cheaper travel, cheap consumer goods has led to global warming, climate change, and the brink of worldwide disaster. The wonderful British democratic system that I learned about at school, that's been adopted now all over the world. Give power to the people. What's it led to? Well, at the moment, it appears to have led to populist leaders who lie to the voters and a British Prime Minister, the first British Prime Minister ever to be sanctioned for breaking the law whilst in office. Fined for breaking his own laws, which he'd introduced just a few months earlier. Um, but seeing no reason at all why that should anyway affect his career. We need a rescuer. Mere humans, no matter how well-intentioned it would appear, can't solve it. We had the ability at least a century and a quarter ago. We've got nowhere. But the rescuer won't be a superhero in a superhero film. And as we know, the good news is that our rescuer has come. Easter Day is the day when we celebrate that our rescuer has appeared. It's the day when we remember that Jesus is not a made-up character. He's not the first superhero in that sense. He's not from Marvel or DC Comics' mind. The day that we remember also that he will come again and rescue us out of this terrible mess. Jesus is alive. And the thing is that, that he proved it. And he proved it by showing himself to many. And then he said to the many that he'd shown himself to, he said, look, look teach other generations, the following generations, teach them to put their faith in me. Teach them to repent from doing things their own way. Because as we've just discovered, it ain't going to solve anything. Teach them to come back to God, their creator. Teach them to live peacefully in the kingdom of God. Teach them to wait for his eventual return when all things will be made right. At that point, when Jesus returns again, all these wars, they will end. Nobody will die from bombings and shootings. The diseases will be no more. Nobody will die from disease. The world will be made new again. The climate won't break down irretrievably, but rather be restored to what it should once have been. And all people will be led by a perfect king who does not oppress or cheat or lie. And who will be genuinely worthy of our praise and honour. So the question I think for me as a kind of 21st century guy with 20th century attitudes, I'm told by my kids. Um, 
Look, the question for me is, how do I know, really, that this is true and not just a comic book fantasy? How do I know it's not just a, a better superhero story than the other ones? It's because this. On Friday, he was crucified by Roman soldiers, and he was placed in a tomb and buried there. On Sunday, he rose again to new life, just as he had prophesied, even about himself. Now, you can prophesy about your own death, but you try prophesying about your resurrection three days later and getting it right. And then to prove that he got it right, he appeared to a number of people. So I'm going to fill out just a few readings from, um, uh, from people... All of these readings were ta- are straight after the point where uh, the, the readings that the children were reading earlier uh, left off. So first of all, he appeared to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. It says, it says in Matthew, the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were frightened, but also filled with great joy. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshipped him. He appeared then to the 11 disciples. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. He appeared to a guy called Cleopas and another man. Don't know his name. Uh, That same day, this is Easter day in our terms, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles now from Jerusalem. And as they walked along... They were talking about everything that had been happening. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. And then for the next 40 days, he appeared several times. So in Acts it says, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. He appeared at one point to more than 500 others. So this is Paul recounting that moment. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as Scripture said. And he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Well, were still alive 2,000 years ago when... He wrote this. Obviously, they're not still alive now because they'd be very old. Though some have died. Well, actually, no, all have died. (laughs) Then he was seen by James, who's the brother of Jesus. So Jesus, whilst he was with them in that 40-day period uh, after his resurrection, he ate food with them. He showed them his scars. Uh, He appeared and disappeared in locked rooms. Uh, And he even showed them how to fish at one point. And then it says, he ascended to heaven with the promise that he will return. So if he's alive today, where is he? He was ascended to heaven. And there's this promise that he will return. So back to Acts, at the beginning of Acts, just picking up the bit we've already read. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And then he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. 
And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. We celebrate today Easter not just as another religious festival. We celebrate today Easter not just as um, something to do. Do you know, if you, if you Google Easter images now, uh, well, don't do it now, obviously. <laughs> but if you would Google Easter images uh, and look at the images, the first few pages are of Easter eggs, rabbits, bunnies, chocolate, chickens, sorry, flowers, yeah, daffodils, all sorts of things. It takes a long time to get to a cross. But Easter isn't about rabbits and flowers and chocolates and chickens. It's about celebrating the one eternal truth that we know will ultimately rescue the world. It's about celebrating the truth of something that in the first quarter of this century, people have flocked to see. Can I just see somebody who'll come and be a rescuer? Well, the answer is, yes, you can. It's Jesus. And it's about celebrating the fact that one day, Jesus in his glory will return again. And when he returns again, he will call an end to disease. He will call an end to war. He will call an end to um, uh, 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 financial politics. He will call an end to climate change. He will say, that's enough. Now I have come. Now I have not only risen, but I have returned to claim my bride. Those that have chosen to love him for all eternity. So... As we finish this morning, we're going to sing another song. I wonder if the, the, uh, the team could come. Uh, we're going to sing another song that really we're simply celebrating today. Not that the spring's here. Not that the summer's come. Not that we can finish the, or start the sugar we've given up for the last 40 days or whatever it might be. We're celebrating Jesus who is alive and who deserves all of the glory. Amen. So as we close, why don't we sing together, Thine be the glory.